Podcast. Presented by XFL2K.com. With your host, Tron Hawkins. Welcome, this is the XFL Podcast. I'm your host, Tron Hawkins. Week two is finally here. We got four fantastic matchups. This week we're going to separate the pretenders from the contenders. All the teams that won last week, the one and O teams, two one and O teams play each other in one game, two and one and O teams play each other in another game, and then two O and one teams play each other and two other O and one teams play each other. So some teams are gonna be O and two already and looking up at the two and O teams. So it's gonna it's gonna get ugly pretty quick here. But we're locked in for week two. We're gonna go game by game and break it down real quick and let you know what I think about each matchup and who I think is gonna win. It's week two. Let's get it going with my game of the week. That is the St. Louis Battlehawks at the Houston Roughnecks. They play this Sunday, February 15th at 6 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. I wish it was on Fox because that's this going to be a fantastic game, but I get why it's on Fox Sports 1 because they talk about 500. Betting lines on DraftKings Sportsbook has the Houston Roughnecks as an eight-point favorite, and that is as of right now, February 13th, so a couple days before the game. The over-under is 50.5 points. Team stats, Houston outgained them in passing yards, 265 to 183 last week. But St. Louis had almost 200 yards rushing. They lead the XFL in rushing where Houston only had 50, but they didn't have to. They're both even on yards per play at 56 – I'm sorry, 5.6 per play and 5.3 per play. Houston, however, won by scoring just 15 points. And Roughnecks won with the most points in the league with 37 last week. The most interesting to me is the defense. Both teams had – one team had five sacks. The other one had four. Houston had five. St. Louis had four. Quarterback hits, however. Houston hit um, – Houston hit L.A.'s quarterback 16 times last week. They're not going to do this – against. they ain't going to do that this week against um, Jordan Tamu because Jordan Tamu is too elusive. I don't see him getting hit 16 times. Probably all season was less than this game. It's going to be an interesting matchup. That's why it's the game of the week. you got St. Louis's fantastic offense, or fantastic defense against Houston's explosive offense, the fireworks show. However, Houston actually had three takeaways. Their defense was no slouch last week, but how much of that is L.A. being bad? St. Louis might be a better team than L.A. was. We didn't think that again the year, but here we are. One week and everything's done change. Jordan Tamu had 209 yards passing a touchdown, while P.J. Walker had 272 yards and a touchdown. Matt Jones ran for 85 yards, and Butler ran for 30 but Butler had two touchdowns. Receivers, personnel might be my favorite player in this game, fantasy-wise. I think he could torch Houston's defense a little bit. And you have Cam Phillips, another guy I'm high on. Uh, he had four for 67 in a touchdown, while personnel had four for 64 with no touchdowns. Houston's offense, though, is too good. According to Pro Football Focus Week 1 report card, these two teams are the best, off two, the top two offensive and defensive teams last week. We got East versus West messed up. It said the Battlehawks prevailed 59 in a defensive slugfest week one, holding Dallas to without a touchdown, and Dallas went one for 10 on third downs. However, if they had Landry Jones, it would be a totally different situation, I think. Jordan Tamu is a lot better than uh, Nelson was. Uh, he had 209 yards passing and a touchdown, along with another 77 yards on the ground. Matt Jones went for 85 yards as the team got it out, 191 yards of rushing offense. P.J. Walker, the XFL's first star of the week, Threw for four touchdowns and was responsible for nearly 300 yards offense in a 37-17 route. Walker spread the wealth with four teammates finding the end zone and four catching at least four balls. 
Um, Houston's defense rested five sacks and allowed only four point yards per play. Both stats are the best in the league and forced three turnovers. So you got these two teams, totally different teams. You got this one high powered offense who also has a good defense. And right now you have this offense that wants to run the ball and play defense, which I've been saying all along about St. Louis. I think they're going to run the ball and play good defense. Give me Houston in this game. I think the offense is too powerful. Houston might be the first team to ever host a championship game because it ain't never having the Super Bowl. It could have an XFL championship game, which will be in Houston. I love this offense a little bit better. St. Louis has a great defense. I think St. Louis could be a sneaky team to come out of the East in the championship game, even though D.C. and New York's there. But I just think Houston's too much for them. I picked against Houston last week because I thought Josh Johnson was playing. That was my mistake. I could have went undefeated in my picks if I have just thought about it. P.J. Walker is going to be the guy that goes in the NFL and maybe gets a starting job, kind of like Tommy Maddox did. He's going to be the MVP of this league so far. I mean, he's all throwing out the four touchdowns this week. Give me Houston. Um, I think it's going to be close for the first few quarters, but Houston will run away with it around the fourth quarter. Give me Houston to win this game. The next game I want to talk about is most everybody else's game of the week is New York Guardians at the D.C. Defenders. D.C. beat Seattle. 31-19 as the Guardians beat the Vipers 23-3 and was a just kind of one-sided affair. D.C. had a harder time with Seattle. I think that most people thought they would. New York, though, I mean, they even though they won 23-3, a lot of that was their defense. So I don't know, I, I don't know how, much is, how much the Guardians' defense is good based on how the Vipers did or how bad they did and how much of it is good because they just have a good defense. We're going to find out, though. This D.C. Defenders team is not Tampa Bay Vipers, let's put it that way. So the game is going to be this Saturday at 2 o'clock. It's the first game of the weekend at Audi Field on ABC. On Jacking Sportbook, it is D.C. as a 6.5-point favorite. The over-under actually is 47.5. Team stats. Um, D.C. had 227 yards passing to 182 for New York last week. Rushing 68 to 40 DC yards per play, 4.5 to 5 to DC. Point scored, point scored 31 to 23. The defense, however, five sacks for New York, one for DC. Two picks apiece, two phone recoveries apiece, two defensive touchdowns for DC, two, I'm sorry, and one defensive touchdown for New York. So it's going to be a defensive battle, I think. Um, I think a lot of people think this will be the high score one because you got Cordell Jones, D.C.'s def- uh, offense, but I don't think so. I think this is two of the best defenses, not only in the East, but in the XFL. I think this is going to be a lot closer than people think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be high score. I think the over-under is kind of right on this game. Um, neither team turned over the ball last week, so that's interesting, but both teams had three takeaways. The turnover differential was one for D.C., three for um, – New York, so I mean that's interesting. Uh, quarterback wise, Matt Burgoyne only threw for 182 yards and a touchdown, and rushed for one. I mean that's all he had to do with that defense. Cardell Jones, however, um, had two passing touchdowns, threw for 235 yards. Darius Victor led the Guardians in rushing with 32 yards. Presley had 31. Neither of them had a touchdown. The lead receiver for uh, New York last week was Mikael McKay, 458, but Kobe Pearson was the one that scored a touchdown. Eli Rogers led the D.C. last week in catches. It was 6 for 73, and Richard Loss had two catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. The Guardians walloped Tampa Bay, it said, 23-3 in their opener, tying the Houston Reflex for the largest margin of victory in week one. Matt McGloin accounted for two touchdowns, and the defense got an act on cornerback Jamar Summers' scoop and score. What a play that was. New York lost the yardage and time possession battles, but more than made up for it with a 3-0 Turnover advantage. The Guardians need to do better than 2.8 rush yards, uh, 8, 2.8 per rush uh, yards. However, with first place 
in the East on the line. So what they're saying is that the defense kind of carried the team a little bit. The defense carried the team. Uh, Matt McGoin wasn't anything special. He was a game manager like we kind of thought he would be. I've been talking about that um, since the teams kind of got together, that I think that New York is going to have a good defense and kind of be a game manager. Matt McGoin didn't make any mistakes where Aaron Murray made you know, two or three, and the Bifers in general made two or three, and that's why they won the game. Do what you need to do. Don't turn over the ball. Let the defense get the ball for you. Score. Defenders, Cardell Jones graded out as the best at his position in week one, passing for 235 yards and two touchdowns, and the defenders study won the 19 win over Seattle. Eli Rogers proved unguardable, catching six balls and six targets, while Rashard Ross added 52 yards in the score. D.C.'s defense allowed 4.8 yards per play and helped post a 3-0 advantage in turnovers, including two pick sixes. Both teams had good defense. Like I said, these are two of the top defenses in the league. Give me the better quarterback. I talked about that last week. Give me the better quarterback in these situations. Cardell Jones, though, is prone to make mistakes. So that's where I think it could get interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if New York won. Their defense could be legit, but they got to show me against top-tier talent. And no offense to Tampa Bay, they are not a top-tier talent team. Give me D.C., give me Presley, give me Ross, give me Eli Rogers, give me that secondary. They just have too many weapons, kind of like how I feel about New York and St. Louis. St. Louis got good defense, but Houston got too many weapons. You can't have top-tier talent every position offense and not have it on defense. So I feel like there's not enough coverage available to cover all the weapons on D.C. for New York. Give me D.C., but it's going to be close. Um, unlike the Houston game, Washington Houston is going to pull away with it. I think D.C. and New York, I think it's going to be a close game. It might come down to whoever has the ball last. But give me D.C. to this. Next game is, I think, one of the most interesting ones of the weekend, believe it or not, is Tampa Bay at Seattle. So this is the 0-1 teams playing each other. They play each other at 5 o'clock this Saturday, February 15th, on Fox at CenturyLink Field. 30,000 people are going to be there. That's the cool thing about me. to me about this. I cannot wait to see CenturyLink Rocket for this game. DraftKings Sportsbook, as of this morning, had Tampa Bay as a three-point favorite. You think they would have learned. They had Tampa Bay as, I think, as a two-and-a-half-point favorite last week, and New York just blew them off the map. So that's that's insane. I don't know, I don't know why they have such a, uh, a love for Tampa Bay. Team stats. Tampa, Tampa Bay had the most yards in the league last week, but three points scored. That kind of tells you what turnovers do to you. Pass offense. Um Tampa Bay had 244, whereas Seattle had 213. Rushing yards, 150 for Tampa Bay to just 97 for Seattle. Yards per play, 5.5 to 4.8. Points scored, Seattle actually outscored them 19 to 3. Sacks, Seattle had one. Tampa had no interceptions or anything. Seattle had no interceptions or anything. They allowed 31 points and 23 points, respectively. Here's where it gets interesting. Tampa Bay has a quarterback problem. <laughs> Aaron Murray had... No touchdown, 231 yards, had a couple of turnovers. Brandon Silvers, however, actually looked pretty good. He had 217 yards and three touchdowns. The running backs, uh, Davian Smith, looked pretty good, 79 yards rushing. And Kenneth Farrow had 41 yards rushing for Seattle. Receivers, the receivers are the best part of both these teams. Uh, you had Daniel Williams, six uh, six catches for 123 yards, which led leads the league. Austin Pro had ten, uh, five catches for 88 yards and two touchdowns. He's already a star for that Seattle team. It says not much went right for the Bifers in a 23-3 week one loss at the New York Guardians. Quarterback Aaron Murray threw two picks and missed much of the second half with an injured foot, leaving his status for Saturday uncertain. 
Quentin Flowers proved a spark in the second half, mostly on the ground, and has taken first-team reps this week. Dan Williams, 123 yards. Davion Smith, 79 yards rushing. Our first and second, respectively, in those categories. For the Dragons, the Dragons have, have reason for optimism going into the home opener despite losing at the D.C. Defenders. Seattle outgained the Defenders in total yardage, 310 to 295, and tallied more first downs, 19 to 13. Seattle actually looked really good against D.C. I thought D.C. would blow them out of the water. I said it was going to be my biggest blowout of the week, and they actually hung tough until the fourth quarter. The Dragons are a sneaky team. I don't think they're going to go play playoffs or anything. They're going to spoil. They're going to spoil. Spoil some of these people's chances that are trying to get in the playoffs. Plus, legendary CFL wide receiver CJ, uh, S.J. Green joined the team this week, giving Brandon Silvers another weapon. Silvers' ankle mispractice earlier this week, earlier this week, but should start. Jim Zorn's squad has plenty to clean up from week one, namely two interceptions, including one for a touchdown, a fumble, a blocked punt, also scooped for a scooped up for a TD, and 68 penalty yards. A crowd around 30,000 is expected at CenturyLink. But we don't know if we don't know if Brandon Silvers is really going to start, though. That is the kind of problem in this whole thing. It's a possibility that two South Water guys, Central, uh, South Water, B.J. Daniels versus Quentin Flowers could play against each other. If that's the case, I have no clue who to pick. However, I do think Aaron Murray's going to be out. Give me Seattle for this one reason. 30,000 people's going to be there. Give me the home field of 30,000 screaming people. I don't like Tampa's offense, even with Clinton Flowers. These wide receivers did good last week because Aaron Murray was the quarterback chunking the ball down the field. Clinton Flowers has not got that kind of arm strength. He's more of a runner. So give me Seattle with 30,000 people screaming. And just, I think they just, maybe not obliterate, but they beat, they beat Tampa by a couple of touchdowns. Actually, on the XFL uh, Play XFL app, I have Seattle winning 20 to 10. I think it's going to be that kind of game. I don't think it's going to be high score or anything. But give me the team with home field advantage. 30,000 people is insane. Who thought we'd see a 30,000 people at a XFL game? I know I didn't. But and this is, I think this actually has a sneaky chance of being a good game. All four of these games could be is going to be excellent. But give me Seattle with the home field advantage and possibly their starting quarterback over Tampa Bay. So the last game to get to is the Dallas Renegades at the Los Angeles Wildcats. Both teams are 0-1. Dallas shockingly loses to St. Louis, 15-9. The Ames score a touchdown. L.A. started out hot against Houston and just gets obliterated. L.A. got beat so bad that they fired Pepper Johnson, we talked about last episode. Um, so, that, so Winston Moss got like four jobs now. He's like the head coach, the GM, the defensive coordinator, and like the linebackers coach. So he's got a lot on his plate. Josh Johnson supposedly is practicing, and they said he should start Sunday. I'm not so sure about it. Because it's not been important upward any this week. And all of a sudden on Thursday, like, oh, he's going to practice. Bet lines has Dallas at minus four. I think it should be higher than that. And over under is 48.5. Again, I think it should be higher. They're getting Landry Jones back. It was announced today that Landry Jones is the starting quarterback for this team this Sunday. That automatically, I think, is worth at least a touchdown, if I'm being honest. Team stats, passing yards. L.A. actually outdid Dallas, but... You know, Nelson dinked and dunked down the field, so he didn't really have a chance to get a whole lot of passing yards. L.A. had 265 with Chad Kenoff. Rushing yards, Dallas 58 to 50. Neither one of them got anything going on the ground. Yards game per play is actually L.A. 5.64.5. But points scored is also L.A. 17 to 9. Uh, Dallas actually rested two sacks to one at L.A. L.A. actually had a pick. 
Dallas had a fumble recovery. Dallas actually Dallas's defense wasn't bad against St. Louis, but St. Louis is not a high-powered offense either. They only gave up 15 points, but that was enough to win 15 to nine. So if Dallas's offense would have been at least competent there to beat St. Louis, now it's competent. They have Landry Jones, two quarterback hits apiece. Both of them had one takeaway. Also, both of them had one turnover, so it kind of canceled out. Quarterback stats, it's going to matter for this week. Running back stats, however. Lance Dunbar actually led the Dallas in rushing with 27 yards. He also caught some out of the backfield. Elijah Hood uh, had 43 yards rushing for L.A. Receivers, you had Flynn Nagel and Donald Palm leading for Dallas. And then Nelson Spruce, what a beast he was. 11 catches, 103 yards. And then Jordan Smallwood, 3 for 28 and a touchdown. Uh, Nagel actually had a pretty good game, 6 for 43 on the Dinkin Dunk. He should be better with Andrew Jones there. Need to know, update. The Renegades are getting their starting quarterback back. Uh, Landry Jones, which is good news after middling offense showing in week one. Philip Nelson, 33 for 42, for 209 yards. Wasn't asked to do much in falling 15 to 9 to St. Louis. Popstreet said three field goals will not get done. Um, Jones has been out with a knee injury since early training camp. Was active last week, at, but now it's, uh, but he was active last week, but they didn't want to try to get him back in the game. And Dallas needs his big on the test defenses downfield, which Nelson did not do. Um, Starting quarterback Josh Johnson is expected to miss another game and then back up Charles Kenoff or Jalen McClendon will probably take first-team snaps again. Kenoff struggled in opening loss at Houston and barely was briefly relieved by McClendon twice. L.A. secondary has plenty to clean up after Laren four touchdowns to P.J. Walker in a 37-17 loss at Houston. Here's how I see this game going. I don't think Josh Johnson's going to play for L.A. If he did, I think it would be a little closer, but Kenoff or McClendon is not the answer. They need Josh Johnson. That Luis Perez trade is looking worse and worse every day. Give me Landry Jones and the Dallas Renegades, and it's going to be a blowout. They're going, he's going to pick them apart like P.J. Walker did. I thought that L.A. was going to have a good team, a good defense. Obviously, that's not the case. Who is with Samoa on fire when they just get blown out by the Renegades? Like, I think the Renegades are going to blow them out of the water. You can't sit there and tell me. I mean, P.J. Walker is probably going to be the best quarterback in this league the way he looks, but Landry Jones right there, that's, that's one and two. He's going to pick them apart. It's not even going to be close. L.A. is going to get obliterated in their home field in front of no town how many people. Probably not a whole lot. We don't, we don't know. Uh, this is probably going to be the smaller crowd of the week. This is the 3 o'clock game on Sunday on ABC. Give me, give, me, give me Dallas all day long. Give me the best quarterback in this. And I expect McClendon to start, actually, because I think he's healthier. But McClendon does not know Landry Jones. I know I picked against Dallas last week. But that's because Taylor's defense is good, and they didn't have Landry. Give me Landry and Dallas all day long. So, week two is here. Let me go with my picks again. I have in the game of the week, I have Houston defeating St. Louis. I have D.C. beating New York in a classic. I have Seattle beating Tampa in front of 30,000 people in their own stadium. And I have Dallas just whopping the Wildcats and that dumpster fire off the map. Thank you for joining me. I'll be back next week with a recap of week two and then another episode of Picks and Preview. Check me out on XF, at XFL Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Check me out on XFL Newsroom. Check out all of our lovely podcasts. You got Fantasy Central. You got Unhinged. You got each of the different team podcasts. It's an awesome place to go visit. Check out XFL Newsroom. Also, check me out on Love Sports Radio every weekend in the UK. I am doing a weekly interview now there. I am the XFL anal- analyst for the American Sports Show, where he talks about all those 
stuff going on over here on the other side of the pond in sports. I am the last segment every week now, I guess. It's been an awesome whirlwind. And check me out in Houston. If you're going to be in Houston for the Seattle-Houston game, March the 7th, I do believe, come check me out. I'm going to do a live podcast live from the tailgate in Houston. Cannot wait to see my first XFL game, see Brandon Silvers against the man, the myth, the legend, P.J. Walker. Thank you for listening to this. If you have any questions you want me to answer on air, inbox me on Facebook or Twitter. Um, leave me a like and review. Be honest. Just leave me a like and review on Apple Podcasts or Google. Check me out anywhere podcasts can be heard. Have a good night and enjoy week two for the love of football.